We'll begin this morning in the Gospel of John chapter 8. Gospel of John chapter 8. 8.12 Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If you've been part of this group for any length of time, you know that I read this often. Because it is a very powerful statement that Jesus makes. He says, I am the light of the world. Later on, he says in another place, you are the light of the world. Well... Here he says, He who follows me will not be in darkness, but have the light of light. He's the light of the world. We will have him. And the word follow, what does it mean? I mean, it's important to know what he means when he's saying that. I think we all know what the word follow means, but the definition is to go in the same way and to accompany someone. The Apostle Apostle Peter says that Jesus left us an example that we should follow in His footsteps. You say, well, follow in His footsteps. That means to follow the way He's going. The way He he lived. His manner, His his speech, what He taught, His doctrine. Jesus said, my doctrine is not my own, but the Father who sent me is teaching. So today, as we read from the Word of God, we want to look at what, it, what Jesus and the disciples talked about when they talked about following Him. Go to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Beginning in verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." So they know the voice of the shepherd and they they know the voice of Jesus and they follow Him. And Jesus says, makes it clear who His followers are. He says, they hear My voice. 
my words. And they follow my words. They follow my teaching. They walk the way I walk, as it says in 1 John. That those who say they know Him should walk the way Jesus walked. And so, it makes it very clear, because there's a lot of misconceptions in Christendom about what it means to be a Christian. That you pray this prayer, you accept Jesus as your Savior. And now you're okay. You do this thing here, and now you're okay. But what about the accountability? What about this, what Jesus is talking about here? When you accept Him as Savior, we're also accepting Him as Lord. you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord Jesus the Lord you confess him as your Lord and so here is where the problem lies and each of us is challenged with Jesus' disciples his apostles were certainly challenged with it and so were we when we begin to understand the calling of Jesus. The following Jesus, what it means. And he says it again in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Well, those who follow Him, His sheep will not be in darkness. And they will not perish. And they will have eternal life. And no one shall snatch them out of the Father's hand. And this is a promise of Jesus for those who follow Him. This is a tremendous uh, invitation and tremendous promise from God. And then we have the promise that says that you are the light of the world. As we follow Him, we have the light and we become the light of the world. So we have the light of life. And we become that light to those around us in darkness. What a dark world we live in. And sometimes we try to hide ourselves from the darkness around us by just being involved in being consumed with the affairs of this life and kind of ignore all that's going around on around us. But the fact is, is that we live in a very dark world. And Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven to be a light. Shine our light. Follow Christ and shine what He's given us. They hear His voice and they follow Him. So the next place we want to look at is in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4 where we see the call of Jesus 
on the lives of certain people. Chapter 4, beginning in verse 17. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Before we go any further, you hear what Jesus says here. We hear the voice of the shepherd here. He says, follow me, and I'm going to make you something. In the book of Ephesians it says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we should walk in them. God is remaking us. He changes our heart, and then it changes our life. And we become somebody else. We become somebody different. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old way of life passes away. Behold, all things become new. So we come to him. And he says, follow me. And I'm going to change you. I'm going to make you what I want. What I want you to be. And so this is tremendous. And we read here, it says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. In another place, the same account says, And they forsook all and followed him. Now, this does not mean everyone who is in business, if they become a Christian, they have to leave their business. Some need to. That's just the way it is. They needed to. It's a special calling for them. For others, they're in corrupt businesses or, or just overwhelming and consuming businesses. But here we see the reaction, the attitude being lived out in the lives of these men. These four men who are called, <coughs> they left their business, they left their father, and they followed the father's business, and they followed him. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So we go from here to chapter 9 of Matthew. Verse 9, Matthew 9, 9. As Jesus passed on from there, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. And so he arose and followed him. 
Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. <coughs> the love of God to those who are in sin and the invitation to follow Him. And you see this guy, he just... for. I mean, God was at work in this man's life. And just like the fishermen, just like the four fishermen, this tax collector hears the voice of Jesus, invites him to follow him, and just walks away from his very uh, productive business, let's put it that way. Dishonest but productive business. And wealthy made him very wealthy. These people became very wealthy doing what they did here. And he left all, he forsook all to follow Jesus. And each of us has to come to understand what that means in detail for my life, for our lives. To forsake all to follow him. So from there we go to chapter 10, Matthew. Verse 37. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. But he and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who le- loses his life for my sake will find it. Here's where the rubber begins to meet the road. He begins to talk about following after him, and now he says he adds something to it. Take up your cross too. They're suffering in a cross. And he says we must love Him more than our own family. Jesus said, if you love Me, keep My commandments. You know, lawyers, for example, and doctors, they do a lot of things for their clients, their patients. That doesn't mean they love them. They serve them and they get paid for it and everything. It doesn't mean they love them. Sometimes they, you know, they do it for the money and also maybe for the benefit of, for just for, you know, but it's not because they really love those people. They're doing it out of duty for, the, for, for that reward of money and, you know, and reputation and all that kind of stuff. Wrong motives. Jesus says we must love Him. And so... 
what that comes down to is in our decision making, in our life, and in our and in our walk, the words of Jesus and following Him come even if it displeases our loved ones. It may be very displeasing to follow Christ to our loved ones. And so, the question becomes, are we holding back some things? Are we not following Jesus in certain areas of our life? We're following it here, but not there. And these are the kind of things that we're confronted by. To examine ourselves, to see if we're following Christ in, in all areas of our life. For in the faith, in all areas. And this is not something to step on people, to condemn anybody. But as I heard a preacher say, or many preachers say, if your feet are getting stepped on, get them out of the aisle. In other words, do something about it. The next one is in chapter 16 of Matthew. As we go through a couple of these in Matthew. Chapter 16. And this is where Jesus commends Peter and says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but your Father in heaven. Verse 18, And I will say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell and shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, you will bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, be loosed in heaven. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and raise the third day. And Peter took Him aside and began to rebuke Him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Well, which is it with Peter? One minute, God is revealing things to him. The next minute, the devil is speaking through him. You see, there's a problem here. In another place, Jesus made it a little more clear. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I pray for you that your faith will not fail. And when you are converted, to strengthen your brethren. You see, Jesus knew something about Peter. What was going on inside of him? That he had a divided heart. His heart was divided. And you can see it. One, one minute God is speaking through him, next minute the devil is. A divided heart. <clears throat> Elijah said to the children of Israel, How long will you halt between two opinions? How long will you have a divided heart? 
If God is, if the Lord is God, serve Him. If Baal is God, serve Him. But they had a divided heart. They were they were serving God and they were serving Baal. You see this in Peter, a divided heart. The Lord exposes him, and He exposes us, and those hypocrisies, and those misguided ways inside of us. And so Jesus reiterates what we read earlier after that. But before He said, He says, you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of men. And Jesus said, the things of men are like those thorns that choke the Word and it becomes unfruitful. If we're struggling as a Christian, we can see the problem. There's thorns. There's hardness of heart. And Jesus said that because of persecution for the Word, that many will not continue. And don't we see that with Jesus' disciples? When persecution comes? And Jesus says in verse 24, If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow Me. So now he adds another one. The first one was follow me. And then we must deny ourselves. He says, he says to pick up our cross and follow him. And now he's saying deny ourselves. Pick up his cross and follow me. For what profit is it if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There are people in Christendom are still holding on to some things. And God's saying, let them go. We have that white-knuckled grip on things. And he says, what good is it if you hold on to those things? Why are you still holding on to those things? He says. And this is the Take up, follow, deny yourselves, take up your cross, and follow after me. And He'll give us everything we need to do that. If we trust Him, if we believe Him, if we believe in all this. And the next one is in chapter 19 in Matthew. And we begin in verse 13. Then little children, Matthew 19, 13. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid hands on them and departed from there. And you see, the, the disciples are nowhere in at all in sync with Jesus and the way Jesus was going and where Jesus' mind was at. And Jesus said, if any man follow me, he says, let him come after me and then where I am, there my servant will be also. We're following and we're going to be where he is. And begin to ask questions. 
Would Jesus make those decisions? Would Jesus look at that? Would Jesus say that about somebody? Would Jesus have that attitude? Would Jesus have that mindset? Would Jesus be greedy and selfish? You know the old saying, what would Jesus do? And we begin to be confronted. Where I am, Jesus said, let him follow me so that where I am, he may be also. A disciple means a follower of Jesus. A Christian means a follower of Christ. What did we think that it meant? But we don't understand sometimes just what it includes. And so we start meditating like this and pondering the words of Jesus. And we begin to squirm and get uncomfortable inside because God is beginning to dig into our life, dig into our hearts. Like I said, He's in the process of changing us. So that we, we, are, he is in the prop, we are in the process of becoming His workmanship. In chapter 19, so he says this about the children. In other places, we must become like little children uh, where there's no way we enter the kingdom of God. Jesus changing us to become followers like little children, followers of Him. And then right after that, and there's other accounts, and it's the same, it's after that. It says in verse 16, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do to I may have eternal life? And so at the end of verse 17 he says, But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And Jesus said, Which ones? Jesus said, and he goes through the Ten Commandments. In verse 20, he says, the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from, time, from my youth. What do I still lack? I've been keeping the Ten Commandments. Jesus, that's okay. Do you really want to know? He says, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Do you see what Jesus said to him? Get rid of all that baggage. Not just sin, but baggage. He says, forsake it all and come and follow me. If you believe that what this is saying here only covers money, you're missing the whole story here. This is about forsaking all. Whatever all means in our lives. In each of our lives. So I, what does that mean? This is where a relationship with Jesus comes in. To come close to God, and He comes close to us, and He begins to tell us things. And He begins to reveal things to us. I know that as a someone who's been 43 years of quote, following Jesus and <laughs> over the course of time he, he began to reveal to me oh yeah I'm following him some ways but then there's other ways 
you know. And there's a confrontation. And then there's a wrestling. And then there's this holding on to finally, <clears throat> you know, when we're in God's woodshed, he, you know, he's, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to get off this merry-go-round and forsake all and follow Him in this area too. And this process of God, and if, and if, I guess if He revealed all of it to us in the very beginning, it would probably, it would be too much for us to take in. All the needs that, all the changes that need to happen in our life. Jesus said, "It would be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect." Perfection. And Jesus said to this man, "You know, this is what you got to do." He says, "You got to get rid of that stuff. And when you get rid of that stuff, then come and follow me. These things are hindering you from following me." Get rid of them and then follow me. He says, and then come and... He says, and come, follow me. After he's unloaded. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Divided heart. He come to him. He wanted to know how to go to heaven. He wanted to know what, it, what the kingdom of God was all about. He came to Jesus and then he went away. Did he ever do that? We don't know. We don't know if he ever down the road did that. And so what am I doing here? Maybe he did. Hopefully he did. But I just I just turned down the Lord of heaven. I just turned down eternal life, the kingdom of God. For this? Maybe he did. I hope he did. But that's not about him today. This is about us. This is us about us who hear what Jesus is saying here. And it's about examining ourselves and what is God saying to me about this today. And his disciples were greatly astonished when they heard this. The next place we will go is to the Garden of Gethsemane, chapter 26, where Jesus <clears throat> keeps on telling His disciples to watch and pray, and He is great, and they weren't praying with Him. They, they were not, again, in sync with Jesus. They kept on falling asleep. Jesus kept on saying to them, watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. And three times He came back while He was praying. He came back and He find them asleep. And of course, then Judas came with the, with the crowd and arrested Jesus. And it says, at the end of verse 56, then all His disciples forsook Him and fled. Here you can see the reality. Jesus said we must forsake all to follow Him. And here we see the opposite. They forsook Him. Instead of forsaking all, 
they forsook him. Why? Fear? Not willing to pick up their cross and to follow after him. The price became too steep. And Jesus said before someone should follow him, to make a decision to follow him, they should understand and count the cost. And because and this is in the Gospel of Luke, the cost, he says, the cost is that we must forsake all in that same passage to follow him. That's the cost. And you see, they weren't willing to forsake all to follow Jesus here. They're willing to follow him to some degree, but when it got hot, they pulled back and they fled. They forsook Jesus and they fled. When the heat got hot, they fled. But there was this one, Peter, when Jesus was led away, it says in verse 58, but Peter followed him at a distance. (laughs) Peter followed him at a distance. You know, that statement says a lot and could be where we're at today. We can be following Jesus, but at a distance. Maybe we're not professing Him. Maybe we're ashamed of Him in some situations in some ways. We're following Jesus. Oh yeah, I'm following Jesus. But not in all places, in all things. And not in all ways. We follow Him partially. And you see that here. That Peter wasn't following Him closely because but it might have cost him his life. It might have cost him his life. He would have just accompanied him. It's a, the word follow means to accompany. It means to go along with. To go the same way with. And to accompany. But he wasn't walking right behind Jesus in line with him. He was way back there. Oh yeah, I'm still following, but don't want to follow him too close. Because it can get too hot. And the cost can get too costly. You know, there's no there's no mistake in these accounts and the way they come out. The message and the way it's laid out is very clear to us. In another place, Jesus was confronted by a man who says, I'll follow you wherever you go, but first let me say goodbye to my people. And Jesus' answer was, no man who puts his shoulder to the plow looking back is worthy of the kingdom of God. What does it mean? It's just what we've been talking about. Just holding on to the things of this life. To be entangled with the affairs of this life. Paul writes to Timothy, no man, no soldier who goes to war entangles himself 
with the affairs of this life, that he might please him who called him to duty. You know, when somebody joins the army, I'm not promoting that by any means, but someone joins the army, they take them out of society, you're not with family, you're just, you're just in boot camp, and you're, you know, you're just marching to, to you know, to their beat of their drum. And you, you say, yes, sir, you know, anything you say, sir, and to, the, to the drill sergeant, and those in the superior, whatever you and you don't dare. You don't dare say anything against what they tell you to do. No man who becomes a soldier entangles himself with the affairs of this life. And Paul was talking about following Christ in that. If you look that up, you can look it up. That we might please him who called us. Not getting entangled with the affairs of this life. No man who sets his shoulder to the plow to follow Christ and turning back is like Lot's wife. It's worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Getting entangled once again with the affairs of this life. Getting entangled with the things of this world. So that we're not able to please Him who called us. getting entangled in the affairs of this life. The business, the pleasures, the prosperities, the way of the world, the mindset of the world, as opposed to the mindset of Christ. And the last one we're going to read is in Mark 15. Mark 15:29 And this is when Jesus is on the cross and those who passed by blasphemed him wagging their heads and saying aha you destroyed the temple and build it in 3 days save yourself and come down from that cross likewise the chief priests also mocking among themselves with scribes said he saved others he cannot himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. The call for Jesus to come down from the cross. And yes, there is that same call to us too. These people were inspired by the devil to do that. And you see that Peter was inspired by the devil to try to talk Jesus out of going to the cross. And there certainly is plenty of inspiration all around us to put down our cross. Mockings, persecutions, laughing, being despised, and the call of our own flesh. You think that Jesus' body was enjoying what he was going through there? 
And here's these people. And he had the power. He had the power to come down off the cross. He said it. He said it. Don't you know that I have 12 legions of angels that could come and deliver me? So I don't have to go to this cross? But I am not doing my will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Come down off that cross is what he was told. And there he was, suffering in pain and having the power to come down off the cross. But he did not. And by the grace of God, we will not. And all around us, from outside of us, in the world we live in, the media, the sludge of this world, the, the call of this life, the things that please us and our flesh, are all saying, you know, just lay it down a little bit. You know? Just carry it at a distance. Follow Jesus at a distance. It's not the call of Jesus. May God give us insight about these words of Jesus today that what he's saying. Insight for our own personal lives. And I just advise us to just take that time to seek God in prayer uh, this week and have a time of prayer and even fasting and to seek God about maybe we don't even see it. I don't even want to see these things. God is at work in my life. I don't even see it. And I'm resisting. I don't know it. It could be happening. Because we harden our heart. He's put his finger in these things. We harden our heart to it. We don't see it because of that. We don't want to be stiff-necked, stubborn. And if we don't see it, Jesus said... Ask, seek, and knock. We'll have the we'll, God will show us. May our hearts be tender. We have been bought with a price, therefore honor God in our bodies. We've been bought with the blood of Jesus to become his disciples. And understand what that all means. May God like I said, may God give us insight as we go through this week and put heavily on our hearts what this is talking about. Dave, you want to...